This is a very heavy gospel. It's, it's always when we get the gospel of John that we get a theological insight that comes already a, a time already, a time of reflection after Jesus's passion and resurrection and ascension that this Joannine community, the community that forms around St. John, the evangelist John, has time to reflect on what it is. And so we have an early theological reflection on what the relationship is between God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son. Now, this is one of the most, perhaps, controversial uh, 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 things of theology, because the first heresies broke about trying to understand what the relationship is between God the Father and Christ the Son. And if you remember your history, and well, it's very pertinent to me right now because this is the chapter that we're covering in, in church history, uh, in the seminary. The first, uh, the first debates, the Christological debates, understanding the nature of the Son and who is Christ and understanding and being able to contemplate the face of Christ is only done by understanding that relationship to the Father. There's a lot of theology in here, and perhaps I need a couple more hours to really get into it. But I'll just point out a couple of things that might be, that might be of interest to us or that, that might be relevant. We see Christ already being condemned and misunderstood or rather not accepted because he is acting and speaking in the place of the Father. Now, for, for us, that shouldn't be too far of a, of, a, of a thing to understand. For a lot of times, the, father, the Son can speak for the Father. We might have been put in positions that we represent our fathers or that our sons represent us. And so think about it that if we do well, and imagine of a son that does well or wins an award, one also congratulates the Father. The Father feels that there's a certain accomplishment from his part. Likewise, if one son embarrasses the father, well, the eyes of scorn fall also on the father. And so the father pays for the son or is kind of glorified or receives praise through the son. And vice versa. The virtues of the father fall or somehow filter in to the son. And so praises that are given to the father are also an indirect praise to the son. And likewise, the criticisms of the Father become an indirect criticism to the Son. In a certain way, I, I have experimented this in, 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 in quite a more uh, uh, direct way, and those who probably have had their Father pass on can feel this, in, perhaps in the wake and in the funeral when people come and speak well of the Father and, and compliment, and one feels almost that one is representing their Father at that moment, and the compliments they give to the Father kind of fall on one. And, Likewise, the compliments they give, they give to one and the, the wishes that they express to one are transferred to the Father. Today, in a special way, I was experimenting in the other extreme of life. Uh, my best friend just became a dad a couple hours ago. And so if you saw me texting and talking quickly, that's who I was talking to. And so I did promise that you know, the first mass for his son, Jorge Caridad the fourth would be offered right now, this evening. And so I am thinking of them and offering them in this Mass. But in that same congratulations that I give to the Father, he knows they're being transmitted to his Son. And in all the compliments and all the praise I'm giving to the Son, they're passed on even to him and to his mother. And just you know, some weeks ago, we were having the baby shower and sending some gifts. 
This sort of way we, I, I saw this reflected in another way that a gift that I gave uh, for the son really is a gift to the father. <coughs> We've had those before. And so uh, uh, some, uh, uh, some things that uh, supplies or whatever that, that, uh, that I gave to my friend, uh, the backpack to help uh, change the baby, but it's all in camouflage and it's tactical and all this stuff. And it's really, you know, it's a gift for the son, but it's really a gift for the father, and that's the one who's gonna enjoy it <laughs> more than anyone. But we see this dynamic. The dynamic is not that far away that the father can, the son can represent the father and vice versa. And that's really what Christ is telling us in here. And this kind of first misunderstanding that those who would be against Christ wouldn't want to accept that, cannot accept that, that he, that the Father, that God, the invisible God, God that we cannot see and can perceive, has made himself perceptible, has made himself audible in the Son. How often can the Son speak for the Father? How often can the Son act for the Father? And sometimes we have to. I've had to do it recently. And so... On the one hand, we have that Christological debate that is fleshed out in this gospel. And a second thing that it's not related, but like I said, this is a very rich gospel of, of uh, uh, theology. It's going back to kind of a couple of years ago that we had the talk on eschatology or purgatory. And here's another allusion to that. When we hear that those who have died wait the voice of the sun to awaken them wait for the voice of the Son to come to them. It tells us and reminds us of a waiting, an expectation of those who have gone before us. And who is the one that they are waiting for? The Son. In the, 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 the Psalms and what we hear and in the Jewish concept of Sheol, the underworld, the, the reign of the, or the, the, the realm of the dead, the place where there is no light, that it seems that not even God can hear the voice of those who cry there. But one does, the one who the Father sends forth, the Son. It's not for nothing in the creed and kind of in the older way we would say the creed, we say that Christ was crucified, died, and descended into hell. Hell is the other word of the place of the dead, those who are waiting. And so the Father sends the Son amongst the dead because the Son has died, has died of real death death that you and I will suffer as well. But he is the first to go in and to come out, but he doesn't come out alone. He brings all those who are there waiting for him. And so we remind ourselves of that patient waiting that we have until we hear our name called again, and the name will be called by the Son, the Son who is also judge, who judges in the name of the Father, and who calls all to our that salvation for love of the Father as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.